by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Ladies and gents, do not adjust your dial. This is the beginning of year five of the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am John, and joining me today is my trusty sidekick, Nate Morales. Nate, is it as hard to believe for you that it is for me that we are on year five of this ride. It seems like we started just yesterday, like legitimately. How do we only have 135 episodes? That math doesn't add up. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I don't think we take breaks that long, but maybe we do. It is. Uh, it's really hard to wrap my head around five years. We were, it we it were, is, we right? Were so young. We were so full of potential. Just dreamers, <laughs> John. And uh, look at us now. Two MLS draft picks and three babies later, we are still the number one podcast about Minneapolis city SC. <laughs> I mean, we are We're there. No one can topple us. We are just blasting the competition behind us. Watch the throne. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage a, a, you know, a, a competitive podcast about Minneapolis city. They'd be cool. Yeah. Fight me. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> 135 episodes later. What bitch? <laughs> Some really cool topics to cover this week. Uh, we, once again, are close to fame as uh, another one of our very own was drafted in the MLS draft this week. We're going to dive into what that means to both club and player. Uh, five years is enough to have developed legends. So uh, the club announced this week the creation of the Legends Club. Uh, it's not what you think. It's not a golf club. It's not a it's not a skybox where you get free drinks. It's just some dudes. Uh, we'll it's tell not, you all about it. Definitely not a strip club. <laughs> and finally, we enter this week with one more session of our invite combine. And uh, we're on the heels of our final open trial before rosters hit. So we're going to provide an update about kind of team building uh, with probably zero actual news. But don't take my word for it. We'll find out. <laughs> it's funny because I, to go back to the Legends Club thing, we were trying to figure out, like, what do we call it? And someone was like, oh, it's, you know, maybe we call it the Players Club. And I was like, nope. Mm. <laughs> no, we're not in Atlanta. <laughs> we're not a strip club in Atlanta, so we're <laughs> we're gonna call it the Legends Club. Hey, Google, play play Players Club. <laughs> right, exactly. Ah, oh, man. All right, so let's get started here. News came through on the Twitter machine on Monday that another crow has been drafted into Major League Soccer, the MLS. Luke Hawkinson, chosen in the fourth round by the expansion team, Nashville SC. Uh, they have spent the early going just loading their roster with young talent. They had something like six or seven draft picks in the yeah, Super they, Draft. That they, is, were, uh, they were smart about their draft picks. This yeah, year. and uh, more than, you know, they've got more guys on their roster than established uh, playoff team Minnesota United. So perhaps panic more <laughs> is in order, but uh, Nashville <laughs> has taken Luke Hawkinson with the 80th pick, I believe we have raved about his potential in the past. We were super excited when he returned to city this last summer. And uh, now while it wasn't in the same spectacular first round fashion, we have another crow going to the MLS. 
Yeah, Luke started out with us a- after seeing him in 2016 in our first year when we actually played his Shattuck St. Mary's team in a preseason match. And he, he immediately you know, sparked our attention because he was arguably the best player on the field that day as a 17-year-old. Um, not, not, not even to mention that he's built, he was built like a 25 year old at 17, (laughs) Um, uh, but due to the DA playoffs, he was unable to join us until after that whole thing ended, which was late in our season, but he was a great addition to have in our squad getting time, you know, fighting his way as, as we'll learn about in a little bit here, um, going through his soccer journey, um, fighting his way into the squad in a very crowded midfield that already had two established players in, uh, at his position in Ben Wexler and Samuel Ruiz Plaza until he went off to his first year at Creighton. So in his first year at Creighton, he played in all 21 games for the Blue Jays, starting 11 and notching five points on a goal and an assist, which is not too shabby, Nate, in your first year in college. Um, at arguably one of the country's most storied programs of late. So following that first year in school, Luke um, left us to join up with the Des Moines Menace in the the then PDL, now USL2, <clears throat> excuse me, where he saw kind of spot time. Uh, that roster was loaded with, I believe, I went back and looked at it today. Um, there's probably eight or nine guys that play in major league soccer and another six that play in the USL's top division. Oh, wow. Um, they were on that menace team. So him seeing 10 games, including one uh, versus the Crows. When we went up, when we went to Des Moines for, for exhibition match that year, um, lodging zero points. Um, that's still really respectable considering at that point, he was an 18 going on 19 year old. So that's something after- we really talk about, by the way, John is like uh, the points that players, rack up like usually we say oh there's they scored three goals they had three assists and you know they played so many minutes like what if we were saying zero points we're saying nine points what does that mean so you get points for uh certain amount of points for goals certain amount of points for assists so um it's very much so like like uh <laughs> around these parts how hockey players are oh yeah <laughs> how hockey players accrue points in a season um same thing for soccer so, uh, so it just meant that he was, um, he got playing time, but from a productivity standpoint on paper, um, looks less productive, even though he may have been a contributor in those 10 games that he featured in. It's just math. Okay, cool. Yep. Just math. So after, after, you know, kind of moving on from us as his introductory point into amateur soccer and then going off to Creighton and playing with the menace in his second year at, at Creighton, he played at 18 games for the blue Jays starting 14 um, here's where he, here's the points come in. <laughs> he notched nine points on three goals and, uh, three assists bowing out in the sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Um, following that second year in school, Luke left us to join up with, um, or, or sorry, once again, it was a model of consistency as he played 18, uh, sorry, I'm all over the place here. Um, after brief consideration of coming back to the Crows, um, Luke decided to latch on with the eventual USL League Two, which was the former PDL, national champions, UFC United um, in Chicago, which is the Chicago Fire um, in the Major League Soccer affiliate, where he featured in 12 games, scoring, again, three goals and three assists, like he, uh, like he did in college. That's a funny name, FC United, because it's just like two soccer cliches as your name. Well, have you seen their logo? <laughs> their have you seen their parent club's logo? <laughs> oh, it's awful. But it's just funny that Chicago was like, oh, you know what our other club's gonna be called? I don't know, FC United. Sure, fuck it. Well, it was interesting too because he 
he and I spoke briefly. It was like, Hey, you know, do you want to come back? Um, can I help you find a team? How are things going? And he's like, well, yeah, I had a really good conversation with the, uh, the, the coach at, um, at FC United. And I was like, Oh, you know, what's his name? He told me, I was like, Oh, I played Bavarians with that guy. I was like, I'll give him a call. And he's like, Oh, that'd be great. And then I call him and he's like, yeah, we already have him penciled in to be on our team. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't even you didn't need to call me. I was like, all right, well, cool. Um, well, great talking to you. We'll yeah, all right, you. awesome. Good luck. And then they won the national championship. And then the coach actually um, moved to Loyola um, as an assistant coach after that. So, um, anyways, <coughs> brief deviation there after I totally murdered that. <laughs> um, so Luke did eventually make his return to the crow's nest leading up to his final year in school, which Nate, we've actually seen many crows do that. Um, go, go come in with us as, as, as boys leave as men and come back as more of a finished product. We saw it with Stigwart. We saw it with, uh, Ruiz Plaza. Uh, I'm sure there's quite a few others that we saw as well that have, have, um, decided to, to leave and come back. Um, but we were absolutely happy to have him back because, he helped us sure up a midfield that was riddled with injury. Um, and, and Luke was the perfect fit to keep the Crows on their winning ways, seeing that we were coming off of a, a great run of form in 2018 or, um, and then a, a great run of form to start the 2019 season. Um, he spent most of the year actually training with us during the week and then going on MLS pre-draft workouts towards the end of the week. Uh, but he did get a chance to feature with us for, for three crucial matches that led uh, – I believe to the club's second consecutive conference title where he featured in a full 90 in all three of those games. Um, again, really not notching any points, but you saw him with your own eyes at that point. He was really the heartbeat of the team on both ends of the ball from yeah. the attacking third perspective where you can look at it and, and on paper and say, well, he didn't score any goals. You know, he's an attacker from the, from a midfield perspective. And you're like, yeah, but like, Everything we had going forward went through him, and it wasn't forced either. It was organic because he's that good of a soccer player. Yeah, that was one thing. I wish I went back and looked at my notes for the games that he played in before talking about him, but I feel like he did score a goal. But I remember there was a game where he – it might have been the one against Aris or something. No, he, he scored against the um, Des Moines Wanderers in the in the preseason. I didn't count that into his that's official official stats, but that was the last game that he did play with us. Okay. Yeah. So I remember that he had <coughs> scored in his, in his, uh, NPSL games and he still went into that Wanderers friendly, like 125%. Like he wanted to, and then he did score and he was, you could tell like, this is exactly what I've been needing to do. Well, uh, he hit, he hit the crossbar and I remember I, cause I, I, I actually coached that game and yeah. cause our, our coaches were all doing off doing other obligations. Um, he hit both posts and the crossbar that game before he scored his goal. Yeah, I mean, so he was just pressing even, for it. Even against the, you know, even in those those kind of games, he was always hungry. Uh, it was great to have him on the on the squad, and like you said, um, always gave it his all, and really was the heartbeat of the team. Everything moved through him. You could tell that he was he was the guy that kind of the team counted on to uh, make things happen, even if it wasn't scoring. But that's right, you exactly know, in the end, pretty cool for the program. Uh, that he gets for Minneapolis City that we get another draft pick coming out of our our little NPSL squad. But this is a lot of work for Luke. Like you said, he was leaving uh, at the on the weekends, going to trainings, going to trials, 
what kind of um, what was that process like? I'm sure you've talked to him and talked to some of you know some of his coaches and some of the other people that were involved in that. Like, what was what was that process like for Luke? Um, yes, I before that I do want to get into like a brief Luke story because we're we're all about stories of our players, right? Yeah. So um, going into that Des Moines game, uh, we being the fact that I had to coach the team, it was kind of a a mix match between both of our uh, U23 team and then our our MPSL team. Uh, we were really short on defenders, so I had to deploy a three five two. And essentially, what I did was instead of it being a traditional three five two, it was kind of like a three five one one. And I, I put Luke kind of in the withdrawn striker role and I'm, I'm kind of explaining to the players how I want them to play. They're all going out for warmups and we're out of the locker room and I, I stop him and I said, Hey, just so you know, I basically built this formation around the fact that I want you to get as much of the ball as possible and play as little defense as you have to. And he, he looks up <laughs> he, and he looks up at me and goes, I'm cool with it, boss. And then he went out and then he just like, it, remember he was just all over the place because he had so much coverage everywhere else. Yeah. It was like, he did, you know, and, less responsibility yeah. on, on one end of the ball meant that he could just maraud. Uh, oh, he, he terrorized, side. he terrorized those defenders. And then at halftime, you know, things weren't really clicking for him. Like, you know, from a finishing perspective. And I said, you know, like, is this working for you? Because I'm thinking about making a change. And he's like, don't change a thing. I got you in the second half. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so go back to your point as far as like what this whole process was like for him. I, I didn't have a huge conversation with him. Um, he was at our, um, he came to our winter combine, which we'll talk a little bit about later uh, last week. So I was able to kind of talk to him about like, Hey, you know, you didn't go. It was actually the day of the first and second round. So yeah. it, it was, it was very topical. Like, are you, are you going to go on Monday or, you know, so essentially he really didn't know where he would end up after a summer of really jet setting across the country for workouts. Um, he, he did have an idea that MLS could be an option for him, but the future was kind of a mystery from that point. He had had conversations with um, and trials with, I think it was six or s- seven different teams within the MLS last summer and fans of city were really hoping with fingers crossed that Minnesota United would take him as more of the homegrown route. Right. They don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, We prefer to pick players that are going to burn out. Just go back in the, in the, uh, the, (laughs) the, the file, the file folder of Jackson Ewell. I was just going to say that. Why would you (laughs) pick Jackson Ewell, a future U S men's national team player when you can get, Abu Dunladi, where every one of his touches will be a disaster. Who's now playing with Luke? Um, <laughs> anyways, so, um, but so the cards just were not set to be played out that way. Um, I think it was because um, Minnesota United had two fourth round picks and not a third round pick. Yeah. So there was a potential that if they if they did have a third round pick, they could have maybe moved up to take one of the guys that took in the fourth round, or maybe taken Luke. But anyways, didn't work out. Um, he was selected, as you mentioned, 80th overall in the fourth round going to the expansion side at um, Nashville. Not a bad city, Nate, to be living in for your first year out of school for your first day job. Nah, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nash Vegas, they call it. Bachelorette, right. bachelorette party capital of the USA. I mean, quality music, uh, a technology footprint in the United States. Oh, you're, now going, with, you're going with that stuff, huh? 
now a new soccer <laughs> now a new soccer team uh bachelorette parties <laughs> I, I feel as if luke's gonna have a great time in nashville yeah um, but the important thing that i think most are not really thinking about is that nashville doesn't have a usl affiliate and being that they're an expansion side we and we've seen this close to home with minnesota united they really need every player they take in their first year draft, whether it's the expansion draft or it's the super draft. So there is a really high chance that Luke makes his team because they need him um, to fill out a squad and is not loaned out because they don't have a partner club that they can actually send him to. So I would actually expect that in his first year, much like his first year in college and as he kind of grew his career into post-college and going back, um, that he he plays his way into an early spot yeah. um, before hitting his stride and maybe making a few starts in his first year. Uh, you know, that that's kind of my, you know, my, my uh, putting on my genie hat and, and uh, making some predictions here. But he's just that type of player, I think, that a young club needs. He's hardworking, extremely coachable, possesses a, a calmness on the ball that I think translates really well at the highest level. Um, and he can he can score goals, but I see him maybe moving a little bit back from his number ten role into maybe more of an eight, you know, a box to box type center midfielder sure. as a a link between the the defense and the six and the ten and the offense and and kind of being a little bit more of the heartbeat because he has a plus level uh, vision and and passing skill. And he has a fearlessness to, to play defense. Like the guy tackles really fucking hard. So I, I think I think that that's something that that as he moved up into this neck, this top level, you know, you see a guy like Brandon By, a striker in college. Now he's a right back and he's doing well. But it was a necessity in order to see the field for him to move back into the defense. I think that Luke doesn't move, you know, move that far back. But I, I would see him maybe moving a little bit further back. Um, and I, I can tell you, I mean, they draft Nashville did draft like two young defenders too. Like their number, their their second pick was a defender. I think yep. their second, they had a defender in the second round as well. Um, so you they, know, if they wanted to develop him into into a true defender, they would have they would have gone that route and maybe passed on those other guys or passed on Luke. But it sounds like they're looking for midfielders. So well, right, and I mean, you're gonna be look, you're gonna be going over kind of a few hot names that they have <clears throat> on their roster in a little mm. bit here. Um, but, you know, I- I'll just throw one out there. Dax McCarty, he's going to be your starting six. Yeah. Like he's going to be the guy who, who is shading your back line. And from the other guys I saw that they brought in or they, that they drafted or they put on their preseason roster, there's not a ton of guys that are the link up guy between the six and the 10. So if, it, if, if I were Luke, that is where I would insert myself to try to fight for playing time right away. Um, but I can tell you this, Nate, with, with Brandon going to New England two years ago, I, I paid way more attention to the MLS game uh, on top of the fact that we have a team here at our market. Um, despite anything I say, I, I watch all their games. I, 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 go, I don't go to a lot because the timing doesn't work with young kids for me. Yeah. But I, I watch all of them on TV. You know, I, I hope that they do well. Um, but I was following every day New England Revolution news. This tra- this transaction and the possibility that Luke makes the team in year one and actually plays is one that I will be for sure turning into Nashville games and following that news because I, I can say this selection hits a lot closer to home for me, Nate, seeing that I've known him as a kid, like a literal kid since he was in like prep high school. So – 
I have, a, I feel like I have a little more vested interest in following this, following Luke, um, because of that. And uh, super proud for him, and and I'm just happy to see that he was able to be recognized for the player he is. Because it, it, in America, unless you're lighting up a score sheet or you're like a A plus defender, anyone who fall, fills out in the center of the field there is kind of goes overlooked. Uh, so I, I'm I'm hopeful that that this is a really good stepping stone for him. And I think an expansion side, ideally Minnesota United would have been awesome, but I think an expansion team, not Miami is a really good spot for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Like, you know, even if Minnesota United picked him, like he'd be playing in Matt, he'd be playing he, in Madison. He'd he be, be playing he in would, Madison. Absolutely. Cause he'd be fifth or sixth on the, on the depth chart. What do you think that they're going to move? Hassani dots into midfield. You got Ozzy Alonzo. Uh, you got Jan, um, and then they've got their basically their pick of guys that they're trying to play at the wing that really should be number ten. So who knows? Uh, you know, it's good that they good they passed on him. Would have been cool to have him. I'll, I will say, circle uh, June thirteenth on your calendar because that is when Nashville SC visits Allianz Field. John, you want to go? And Let's go. You want to? You want to be my yeah. guy? I, I'll be your guy for All sure. Right. Yeah. I got um, a ticket. What, wait, wait. What day is it again? June thirteenth. Um, may have a child's birthday, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> you may have a, <laughs> not that day, but oh, that okay. weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, 100%. And Luke, if you're tuning into this, you better give me your Jersey. <laughs> yeah. we'll be like, we'll be pushing the little kids out of the way. Yeah, down. Get the fuck out yeah. of here, kid. <laughs> hey, I know him. Kids are like, sign my water bottle. I'm like, give me your shirt. <laughs> right, exactly. But John, to your point, like, is if if crow watching isn't enough for people to to tune into the MLS when it's someone like Brandon By or someone like Luke Hawkinson, I think there's a number of reasons to keep an eye on Nashville. When you think about it, there are Minnesota connections galore down there. Um, I'm sure most people haven't been following what's going on with the Nashville expansion, but Luke will join another Minnesota native and a former loon, Eric Miller of Woodbury, along with. Yep. Like you mentioned, another former loon, Abu Dunladi. So that'll be great to watch him sky shots over the crossbar. Uh, and another notable, na- other notable names. At I was going to say, pull his ham, pull his hamstring <laughs> pull in preseason. His hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> get a get a beautifully played through ball right to him and just dribble it right out of bounds. Uh, but anyway, uh, other notable names in Nashville are Jimmy Bedranda, one of my favorite players of all time. For some reason, he's a former Sporting KC speedster. Do you just like to say his name. Uh, I I do, Yimmy. Uh David uh David Akam, who I think used to be at Columbus, one of their forwards. Uh, yep. And for fans of mediocre US men's national team players, you've got Dax McCarty, who you already mentioned, and uh John Lovitz. I mean, no, <laughs> Daniel Lovitz. Daniel Lovitz. John Lovitz is a guy from Saturday Night Live. Mediocre US <laughs> national team players. Dude, Dax McCarty is a good soccer player. But you, you know just... what? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I before I dive in here, they were starters, uh, John. What are we doing starting Daniel Lovitz? Uh, I I have no idea. <laughs> I would rather start John Lovitz to be honest. Um, but uh, a quick Dax McCarty note: if you uh, if you listen to the um, Benny Failhaber and Sal Zizzo podcast, I don't know if you ever listened to it. No, uh, you should start listening to it because uh, Ike Opara is also like a regular guest host on it. Oh, cool. Um, so it's a really good podcast because they dive in. We're totally deviating here. Sorry. Um, they they dive into like the player side of soccer in America. 
And there's a lot of like U.S. national team camp jokes and a lot of like just MLS type jokes about like things you don't know how it actually works. And they have a guest on every week and it's usually like a, one of their friends or one of the one of like a guy they played the, you know, with uh, on the national team. But the Dax McCarty episode is one of the best because he talks the whole time about how he couldn't hold off from fighting against an internet troll on Twitter <laughs> because the guy went like way too over the top and he just like went two feet into a Twitter troll argument and found out it was, and then found out it was like a 16 year old kid. <laughs> and like the things he said to him were wildly inappropriate <laughs> for the fact that he's a 16 year old kid. Well, what, do you, uh, what do you expect? You got it. Of course yeah. it's some little kid, but still. I would implore all of you listening and, and yourself, Nate, to tomorrow at work or whatever you're doing to to go on and uh, and find uh, that podcast and listen to the Dax Picardi episode because right. it's it's really really good. What's it called? And, um, it is called uh, BSI. Po- I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Um, I'll come back to it. Right. Um, so to answer your question real real quickly and to talk about kind of the. The, the names you mentioned, um, I think the names on that list alone are far better than what Minnesota United rolled out in their first year. Isn't that crazy? So, right. It, it's super crazy. Um, and it, it just further solidifies why I think this is a really good spot for Luke. Um, because I think this team is going to be fun to watch, but also able to compete at a higher rate than most expansion teams not named Atlanta uh, in, the, in the recent past. Yeah, they look they look not bad. Um, way better than Cincinnati last year or two years ago or whenever they started. Um, better than us, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, like how about you pick established names that can play in the MLS and that people know and have heard of before instead of whoever the fuck we picked in our, in well, our all, expansion all, draft. Also, they built the team from the back forward. That's... Oh, that's your favorite. They got the spine. Yeah, they got the spine. So, um, and the the podcast is the BSI podcast with Benny, Sal, and Ike. Okay. Um, the best part is that Ike is only on when they have a segment called Ike's interrogation, and he asks five questions. And if you plead the fifth, then it, you don't want to plead the fifth because yeah. then you you have to answer the rest of them and you don't know what the questions are. Oh, so you you can't you don't want to do it early. So he starts kind of turning the screws on you early. Yes, and I'm going to open it up here and I will find Check the decks. I will tell you what episode number it is. The Landon Donovan episode is pretty good too. Um the Dax McCarty episode is episode 5. <laughs> and it's titled Dax joins the gang discusses his Twitter troll and how the end of his Red Bull days really went down. And two interesting stories from U.S. national team camp that he shared with Benny. <laughs> right. One of them, one of them being spoiler alert: how Benny Failhaber got cut with Dax McCarty, and then went into Klinsman's office and talked him into keeping him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the podcast itself is great. There's only twenty episodes; it's only one season so far, but it's really good. Cool. Anyways, enough about other people. We totally deviated there. About us. So from one future club legend in Luke to four current ones, it was announced two weeks ago that the club in its fifth anniversary season would be adding a new element, and that is the recognition of players from the past to etch their names into club history books. At this, 
this is a very important time, I think, Nate, for the club because the names on this list are names that got us to the point where we can have stability and longevity and move out of the danger zone in the MPSL, which is um, I, I we had a player meeting uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> we had a player meeting with um, with uh, the returners that we're going to be announcing soon um, to kind of set the tone for the for the season. Mm-hmm. And and I I, I don't think I'm going to get the exact numbers correctly, but 30 to 35 percent of teams that start in the MPSL do not last past the second season and only 18 percent, give or take, be, last beyond their third season. So we, wow. we have. Yeah, which is, it's staggering numbers, right? So to to say what I just said, and I'll, I'll reiterate it, we're in a very important time with our club because these guys help get us to the point where we actually have stability and longevity as a club is, is huge. Um, these guys had to deal with <laughs> massive growing pains, whether it be, um, you know, training spaces or shitty travel experiences because we hadn't figured everything out. They, they stuck with it, but they were also part of some very big successes along the way as we grew as a club. And there were guys that we leaned on to tell us what we needed to do better. But like any club, there's a separation point with players that can be really hard to and really hard to on both parties and really hard to handle publicly. Um, but I feel this is really the perfect way to keep these guys in the club um, far beyond their playing days. And, and I'm really happy for them to be voted in this first class. Um, the class of 2020, as I'm calling it, um, sure. uh, by the fans and not nominated by myself or Dan or the coaching staff. Yeah, well, I think it is It is really cool for them. Um, I think that, you know, we'll get into kind of how that club separation works or whatever. But I think what I, what I, what I do want to – first of all, I can't believe that only like 18% of clubs – I don't – I, I did some I did some some shady some shady napkin math on that one, if but it, so if you've been involved in like one of the things that obviously Minneapolis City is super good at is Twitter, and so you know jumping on and trying to get a hold of like what is this NPSL all about as we start to enter this like bigger stage of the NPSL, um, you know you get into the Tulsa Twitter, you get into the uh, Chattahooligans and stuff, and but the Detroit City Twitter too always always kind of intrigued me because this was a fan base that was so all about every one of their players ever. And yeah. so, you know, every once in a while you get these tweets that are like, these guys are great. Or they'd be like all time Detroit city players. And I was like, how do you even fucking know these dudes? And right now? And now, you know, now I get it right. Five years in, it's like, Oh, these guys, of course, of course you got to have them on your list. Uh, potentially as all time Minneapolis city players. Uh, so let's get into talking about who they are and, uh, and some discussions individually on those but first the first guy uh, we've talked about before um he is currently a coach working on the on the staff for minneapolis city which is great isaac goose Frent, born and raised andover minnesota he was a winger uh, for us played in 24 games scored seven goals three assists um how many fouls do you think he absorbed in the box like <laughs> you're going to get to his minutes in a second here. I think maybe you cut his minutes by a third and that's probably how many times he was fouled. Yeah. Uh, 1,915 minutes for the club. He, <laughs> yeah. He blew up on the scene as a teenager in our inaugural season. We were super excited to, to watch him. Uh, he continued his <clears throat> fine run of form into the 2017 season where he was our top goal, goal scorer, despite not really playing as an out and out striker. He was a winger. 
uh, scoring goals from that right side uh, at the Nelly. Uh, he scored a memorable goal against Sioux Falls Thunder that really he turned into he he. he he made it iconic with his celebration when he when he ran over to the citizens, did that fist bump jump, and it, now it's, it's on our in it's it's our it's part of our intro. It's one of the not only that, but like that that shot, uh, that 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 picture from Dan Mick is one of the like one of the iconic pictures of, of Minneapolis City and what the club atmosphere is all about when you're when mm-hmm. you're sitting down there with the citizens. Uh, so he's already been a fan favorite at this point. The celebration just showed that joint admiration between the player and the supporters. In 2018, he was injured early in the second half of that home opener against Med City. Uh, yeah, unfortunate. Nothing. He didn't really. Fe- I think he did he break his leg or something. He didn't even feature the rest of the season. No, he uh, he hurt his knee, not the knee that he actually hurt in college, but he, it was uh, it was to the point where he was like, I I, I need to I need to I, I need to be safe. So he, he stepped away to rehabilitate and and train and not not get into a, a situation where he could get hurt again going yeah. into his, his first year at DePaul. Yeah. And, uh, and then sadly, like this year, 2019, last year, I guess he suffered a, these catastrophic complications from another uh, injury from surgery after he, he got injured again um, playing at DePaul university. So that ended his playing career, but he would not be kept down. Uh, he has joined the coaching staff for Minneapolis City while recovering, and it's going to be a long recovery. So it's really nice to have him around, and nice, nice for both parties. I'm sure Minneapolis City gets his, gets his attitude, gets his eye, gets his perspective on on what makes a great player. Uh, Goose gets the ability to kind of stick around soccer, uh, to I don't know to contribute and to help build this team that he to continue to build this team. I should say that he helped build uh, up to now. Much like Luke, who we talked about earlier in the show, Goose was spotted during our, our inaugural season in a preseason match versus his youth club, Minneapolis United. And again, as a 17-year-old, he was arguably the best player on the field for large portions of that game. So seeing that we, we really didn't know what to expect in year one, we, we took a flyer on him as a, as a teenager, um, and, and the Birdman was selected, and, and it really paid off. You know, not only was he one of the most dynamic players, I think, on the ball that we've ever had, um, but I mean, just in general, in his days of the club, he's a fantastic person. Uh, he's had a less than desirable soccer journey, but along that way, he accepted each fate that he he got on that journey and just put the work in day in day out to just overcome it. Spending, you know, spending a lot of time in the training room sucks, um, you know, but because of his playing style, which talked about how many fouls did he draw, he invites a ton of contact. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's not built like a China doll or anything. He's a solid kid. Um, very, he was very muscular as a, as a teenager and, and he only got stronger, low sense of gravity as he, as he was going through soccer season, but um, he never really let an injury keep him down. And as we noted a few shows back, and you mentioned earlier today, um, career cut short. We don't need to to go into that. Definitely far too short with an injury. Um, but I think it's an injury that would keep a lot of people out of the game altogether. I think it would kind of kind of throw you down a dark path where you might not want to be part of something soccer related for quite some time until you can kind of wrap your head around the fact that it's not going to be the way it used to be. Um, but not Goose. Um, you, you noted, and we talked about it before. He joined our coaching staff, and um, I'm in those meetings. I'm I'm part of that process. Um, 
and he's been a very important member of his of the staff in in the infancy of him being part of the crew uh, evaluating talent and he provides a really keen insight that not any of us have uh, uh, in the current staff and that's understanding what it takes to be a player at the NPSL level and to be a player for the club. I can tell you the kind of profile I want for a player at the club, but it's not the same coming from a guy who was a player for the club, if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just super happy that when he and I talked about kind of what do you want to do with soccer moving forward? And he was in a hospital room and I, I sent him some tape on some college players and said, Hey, w- would you be willing to look at this and, and tell me what you think of these, you know, these two guys and these three guys, what have you he said? Absolutely. So, he, and, and the notes that came back were exactly what I would have provided. If someone asked me that question, super detailed, great insight. Um, Definitely not trying to to pat myself on the back here, but trying to <laughs> establish the fact that backhanded way yeah. to talk about how sweet you are, John. Yeah, super good at my job. Um, no, incredibly I, detailed. Yeah, but, but trying Excellent to, to talent. <laughs> sitting in my ivory tower. Um, no, try, just trying to establish here the the baseline of what I, I expected to come back. He outkicked that by 10, 10 times, and not only was he doing that, then it was, okay, here's the deal. You're super valuable. I identifying some things that I think we need in the club. Would you be willing to be part of this moving forward? And his answer was immediately. Yes. So it wasn't even like a hesitation. It was like you send the text and then you see the dotted lines and then it comes back. Yes. Right away. (laughs) You're like, awesome. So it's just been so great to, to have him move forward in soccer and understand that he can still keep it in his life, even though he can't play it. Um, and I, I wouldn't say can't play it ever, but can't play it for now and maybe not ever, but you never know. Um, so awesome to have him and uh, super happy for him to be voted by the fans um, to be part of the le- first, the 2020 class of the legends club. Yeah, man. Awesome kid. Awesome attitude. Uh, if <laughs> I barely leave the couch, man. And if I, <laughs> but still, if I, if I had to like relearn to walk, I would just be like, why bother? Yep. Attach a wheel. Yep. Just cut it I, off. Put a wheel up. Yep. I'm cool. I just give me my PlayStation controller. <coughs> so right, exactly. Hats off to, to goose for finding a way to, to stay positive and to stay involved. And, uh, you know, kudos to the club for and to you, John, for recognizing, uh, his value. No, it wasn't me. He did it himself. <laughs> he did. He did himself. Mm-hmm. I, kudos to me for identifying that I have a high, um, a high expectation for player evaluation. <laughs> uh, next player we want to talk about in the Legends Club is Martin Brown Jr. We all know uh, this guy from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Uh, Thirty-one games for Minneapolis City, ten goals, uh, eight assists, only one yellow. 2,230 minutes over his career. This guy joined the club for uh, the qualifying round of the U.S. Open Cup when he played a, played when he joined uh, Whitney Brown uh, and played against Oakland County, right? Yep, yep, uh, Oakland County. Yep, provided that assist to his brother uh, for the first for the goal no. that uh, put us made us the first amateur club to qualify for uh, U.S. Open yep. Cup. Yep, game winner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when he showed up in 2017 full time, he took it by storm. That left foot scored free kick after free kick, bamboozling 
goalkeepers and uh, and walls over and over and over again. Every time, really, he Dude, stood over the ball. Seven man walls. Yeah, and he which is unheard of. Just curl it right every time he stood over the ball. It's Marty party, and the fans knew it. They were sensing something extraordinary could happen, and regularly it did. Uh, beyond that, Martin Brown, technically gifted, super visionary passer, um, excellent on the ball, excellent dribbling, just lighting up games, making every time he touched the ball something. It was exciting because something cool could happen, right? Yeah, it's the kind of player you want. And he was really an important part of our 2018 team that went undefeated on the way to the NPSL North Conference title. He played a little deeper role, his ability to find space anywhere on the pitch, and he could always pick out that pass. That meant that he, he continued to impress, and he was with us, of course, this year, winning the second North Conference crown with the club in 2019. Martin Brown is uh, the consummate is he, is he the coach's player? Is he the ultimate coach's player, John? I mean, yes. I mean, there's no other answer to that. I mean, um, he's also, he has that pro mindset. So yeah. where he, he knows what needs to happen. Um, and for some coaches that that's not the coach's player because they're, they're outspoken. They're maybe a little bit, um, contradictory to what a coach is saying, but Martin has that quiet nature about himself and just that kind of relaxed style where he's not going to sit in a locker room and argue with a coach. He's going to go out there on the field and, and do what the coach says, but then also if it's not working, take matters into his own hands because he's going to fight like hell to make it work. Mm -hmm. So, but to kind of start off my piece of this, I'm going to, um, you know, Get Once on again. Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna get on <laughs> the soapbox and say I'm taking full credit here because you can literally go back and I did um, a few years in the show, our archive, that I was the one who coined the phrase Marty Party. Oh, oh okay. I... <laughs> what did you think I was gonna say? I don't know. I was gonna. I I, I thought you were just gonna be like, okay. So I know that I said that. You know, I was the one that got goose involved in <laughs> no. i know that he's got an eye just like me i thought you were gonna be like so martin brown jr on the ball looks like john biswer but oh Jones hell no hell no <laughs> my, there is nothing further from the truth than my playing style of martin brown jr's um but no i coined the phrase marty party if anyone else thinks they did suck it go back <laughs> listen um but anyways what I so now here's where I make up for what I just said, Nate. Strong words. What I cannot take credit for is his immense set of skills. Uh, Martin. Oh, Martin, when he is around a soccer ball, is so dynamic, and it can be in a game. It can be fucking around with the ball on the sideline, you know, during a water break or practicing free kicks. It's just this immense set of skills and natural um, comfort around a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also had some injury sets back setbacks in his younger years when his, I, I believe from what I was, I wasn't here in Minnesota, but um, from what I've been told, he was injured when his stock was at its highest point and that stunted his growth in the game. Hmm. Um, and around that kind of the last setback he had from an injury perspective is when we booted up our first open cup run 
which is where we kind of crossed paths and led him to joining us. And really the rest is history. I mean, he's a model of consistency during his time with the club. We talked about it a little bit before a quiet leader by example in the locker room and one hell of a dead ball free kick taker that I think rivals anyone at our level and even higher levels. I mean, if you're putting seven guys in a wall, I don't care if it's U15 soccer or, uh, you know, or in the Champions League, you know where to fuck to put a soccer ball if you can have the opponents put seven guys in the wall trying to stop it. So um, his play became a joy to watch for our fans, and it was rewarded with an international call-up to Liberia, which um, is rare at this level. Um, even though it didn't really work out because of some AFCON issues with the, the actual camp and matches that he was going to be, um, be brought in for um, he was moved. He's, you know, moved on to full-time coaching and, and will do fantastic things in the game of soccer um, from a coaching perspective as a leader going forward. I have no doubt. Uh, and I'm pleased that I'm able, I was able to coach him, you know, at, at some point, however brief it was, um, and it was really no brainer that he would be one of the first people selected into our first class um, as the fans had the voting power. I get to chat. Sorry, I was right in the middle of drinking. I get to chat with Martin every other week or so at uh, the Mexican Futsal League that the boy plays in. Martin, uh, he's gotten his hands full with that Maple Brook Junior High uh, kids squad. They're crushing it. They've got a goalkeeper that's about seven feet tall. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Who, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, but he's also got a pair of twins at home, so the, the you know, it's the perfect time for him to kind of move on and and I shouldn't say grow up, but just kind of figure out like how can I do this thing, this soccer thing that I love, and still be able to raise a family and and be home and and pay attention. And I think you know if you follow Martin on Instagram, you'll see how hard he works at the game. So I think so hard every day. He's got a post about him, about his kids that his, that he's coaching and how great they're doing. And then he's got a video of some crazy ass foot skill drill. He's putting himself through. So he's, he definitely lives what he's trying to teach these kids. And uh, you know, if you've got Martin Brown jr. As your coach at Maple Brook, you're a lucky guy. One thing I forgot to mention is um, he actually is the um, associate head coach um, first assistant. I don't know what the how they're splitting it up with the Maple Brook team that is in the UPSL that we'll be facing. Oh no shit! Yeah, so he's going to be part of the coaching staff there, and uh, it's definitely not a turncoat situation by any means. <laughs> it's 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 more of that like that's his his day job. Yeah, is to to be part of Maple Brook, and he will be um, so he'll be on the on the opposite sidelines. From uh, the Crows for the first time Ryan since Nichols. our our, incep- our inception. Yeah. Crazy. Next up, we've got uh, my man Ben Wexler. Wexy. Sexy Wexy from Minnetonka, Minnesota. 37 <laughs> games for the Crows. Uh, three goals. Two assists. Uh, I wish I could say how many shots, but probably only about four. Take his... <laughs> like Goose, take his minutes and <laughs> cut it by the uh, no, 19, uh, uh, 1,973 minutes. This guy beloved by players, coaches, and fans alike. Wexler is very special. He was in the starting 11 for the club's first ever game away to the Milwaukee Bavarians. John, the three of us had a great time at the beer hall. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, he, he famously, he's the kind of guy, he's going to shave his goatee in a real weird way. Like he wore this bizarre, strange goatee to loosen up the team, uh, to get, 
you know, some of these kids that are coming into the team that have probably never played at this level or even close to it to kind of just laugh and forget about how stressed he, they are. And he really used worked. my he used my beard trimmer and I threw it away after because <laughs> why? Because both he and Andy Lore use it. I don't know. I don't know about that. Is there was there a matching goatee down below? No, that, like, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> I had no idea what those two weirdos did with it. Knew. There's probably like yeah. they probably shaved each other's initials in their back hair. Anyway, yeah. it, it all yeah. worked. Uh, <laughs> the Crows are in the zero zero draw against the USASA National Cup finalists, and Wexy finished 2016 as a team of the year selection for the uh, for the PLA. That's pretty amazing. His good form continues into 2017. He's explosive on the dribble. Great positional sense. He's got this ability to bring others into the play. Wexler on the ball really demands that you pay attention to him. And he's a key player in our U.S. Open Cup qualifying runs. He played every minute in 2016, every minute in 2017. Uh, But off the ball, he's really important too. And probably where his biggest contribution to Minneapolis City lies He's a leader in the clubhouse. He's the one that coined the phrase the brotherhood. Uh, Matt Matt Elder and Ben Wexler combined really defined the club's cultural success, um, mm-hmm. including that 2018 and 2019 NPSL North Conference titles, the unbeaten run. Uh, it all makes sense that the phrase originated with him, and he is a big reason why the brotherhood existed. Uh, Wexler's city career ended with a dogged veteran <coughs> performance on the road in the NPSL Midwest semifinal against Detroit City FC. I wouldn't have had it I wouldn't want to have it any other way than to see Ben right. Wexler one last time against probably the in the biggest game that Minneapolis City has ever had. Right. And I remember I was on the I was on the bench that day and I remember when he came off, you know, like <laughs> I mean those guys you can watch you can watch the 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 film on the game. Those guys went at us for a good portion of that game and he comes off and he just got a smile on his face. And, and the first thing he says is, man, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. The guy who <laughs> you know? had the best attitude in the world. It's all, it's like, <laughs> it's all one big fish show for, for it, Wex. It is. Just, it really oh, is. Man, they opened with Esther. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's raining. Yeah. But the show is so good. I think I actually have a, they open with Esther text from him <laughs> that I can pull up. Um, so in, in, in 20, okay. So here's where I, I go back a little bit and I make it about me for a second. Um, but then I, I promise to bring it back to Ben. So in 2013, I was playing on a Stegman's team in a seven V seven kind of bullshit fall league. Um, and I was coming, kind of coming off my own injury at the time where I tore my quad during the summer season. I had just fully returned back into being able to, to play. So we turned up at the and had the displeasure of facing a 2013 Ben Wexler. So <clears throat> if you could only think about his form in 2016, think about it was when he was kind of coming off of college and uh, playing every day in 2013. Um, there was literally no way to stop him. And I mean, I tried. <laughs> uh, his speed had him just buzzing around the field. His, his quickness with and without the ball was so fast. You couldn't even foul him to try to stop him. Uh, and his ability in a 1v1 scenario was so impressive that I think he left like six of our seven jocks, not including the goalkeeper at the time, on the field every time he, t- <laughs> every time he got the ball. Like it was just – it was one of those soccer experiences where I was like, God, I wish that never happened to me. Um, <laughs> so somewhat of a already a legendary status in Minnesota soccer uh, around, you know, around these parts when he came into the fray in our first year – um, 
there was somewhat of a reluctant reluctancy on his his side to join us in the in the first year because of his ability to commit due to starting his his off the field career with his family business um and it's saying that is almost laughable as um you know once he joined up he was a model of commitment and became a cornerstone of the club and, and a fan favorite so you know when he was playing with us he he impressed fans and opponents which is evident in making the all pla team um you know a, a side note was the 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 coach patrick hodgins we've had on the show uh, at the bavarians had asked if if he could maybe guest play with them in some tournaments um and you know that's just a, a testament to just how remarkable ben is on a soccer field um, you know, when he's playing, um, <clears throat> you know, when he's not playing, you, you noted he's supporting his teammates, the whole brotherhood thing without him is some, it, you know, it, it wouldn't be a thing. Um, and it's going to be something that is always talked about in the club until maybe a little Wexler joins. So, a little uh, Wexler, not, 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 not saying that he's having a yeah. kid anytime soon. You just mean like the, the young Wexler version. Yeah. Some new, it, some new kid. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there, there's no other way than to just say the name Ben Wexler without a smile on your face. And that's the kind of person we want as a club legend. Yeah. I mean, if, if I had to pick one guy from Minneapolis city that I, besides you, that I would just go out and, <laughs> and, and have some drinks with, I think it'd be Ben Wexler. I think he's so awesome to talk to. Uh, it's fun to hang out with. And half of it is just because <laughs> half of it is just because like, he, he doesn't give any fucks. Like sometimes he'll just say something. And we'll be like, what are you talking about? And he'll be like, yeah, it's a fish. You know, the one that I'm, I'm ice fishing for. You never heard of it. Before? <laughs> and it's like, you think he's just making shit up and he's totally, totally on point with his, with his ice fishing game. Uh, he's, got <laughs> a story, he's got a story for everything. Um, but really like on the field, goose was the goose was the same way that like, you know, when you've got a dangerous player at this level, when they get hacked. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Every time. Uh, you know, it's the PLA, the, the NPSL, not the kind of league where someone is going to, or a team will, I guess, professionally over and over deal with getting smoked. Um, and so that's how Goose racks up all his fouls. That's how Wexler got, uh, got dropped in Duluth. Like anytime, anytime you know that a team doesn't know how to deal with someone is, is when you see a serious injury. So I think it's, Wexler is a story of of of, ta- of clear talent that really it, it's it's too bad that you know when he got dropped for injury last year or the year before that he couldn't he couldn't keep right. playing the games. Uh, another Quit. another guy that like you wonder, you know, another guy that like mm, coach's preference you don't play him, but it's clear that he 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 needs to be on the field kind of a thing. Quick uh, quick Wexler story. So last season I, I turned up to our. Uh, one of the training sessions where we have our weekly management meeting and I obviously stuck around to, you know, to chat the guys and, and watch. And I, I, the team's kind of huddling and I, I kind of lean over and say hi to Wexler. And I look down and his hands are just like, so dirty. Like, like (laughs) it's like he played with mud all day. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he goes, yeah, I uh, I took off work early and I went mushroom hunting until su- until sundown, and then I came to play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Right, exactly, and that sums up Ben Wexler. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, the next guy, <laughs> Tim Wills. <clears throat> Tim's from Portland, Oregon, uh, but he moved to Minnesota for college. Graduated from Carlton with his twin sister. 
Yep, twin sister. Yep. I remember we talked to Tim uh, in the early days when we were in the conference room of our advertising agency. Uh, at the time, the school's all... We drank a lot of bourbon that night. Yeah, we did. Mm. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Tim at the time was Carlton's all-time leading goal scorer and points leader, uh, and he decided to stick around Minnesota. Uh, he was only beat by another crow, Brandon McGarity, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what sets Timmy apart was his awareness of and his ability to get into pockets of space. Like, John, you talk about this all the time. Uh, Tim Wills does Tim Wills things. He seems to be playing a different game. He pops up here and there. He moves the ball. He brings people into play. And sometimes he'll score goals, but usually more more of a field goal. Uh, you <laughs> Used sparingly in 2016 and 2017. Uh, he shows up in the U.S. Open Cup qualifying round in the fall of 2017. And he really put himself in the pole position for the 2018 NPSL season. Uh, he scored six goals in 14 games, but more than that, he was the linchpin for the whole attack as City led the entire country in scoring in 2018 on the way to that undefeated season and the conference title. Uh, he was similarly important in 2019. He chipped in with a goal every third game, and he helped to amplify the attack as City retained the conference title. Career stats for Tim Wills, 34 games, 10 goals, 5 assists, 1,902 minutes. I'll tell you what, John. Those 10 goals are sneaky 10 goals. Totally. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> you don't think of Tim Wills for scoring goals, but he will. He does it. He scored. Didn't he score the tying goal in, in uh, uh, Med City to save to save the undefeated season? He did. Um just, 90 91st minute goal right just clutch and uh like 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 you like to say he he does tim wills things he drops into space he either takes the chances himself or he'll more than likely because he's the one that grabs the attention when he finds the ball in a dangerous place he has this uncanny ability to uh, play the ball off to someone who has been totally forgotten by the defense mm-hmm. like he knows exactly what he's doing when he draws attention to himself in the in the attacking third and that is to kind of play a little, uh, play a little Bushido, a little ninja game. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and then he'll hand the ball out. He'll, he'll pass the ball to someone who can, uh, who can go in for the killing blow. So what I'm about to say is no slight on Tim. It's just totally the truth. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you turn up to the YMCA to play like pickup basketball and there's nine other guys kind of getting ready and they all look the part. Yeah. And then you're thinking to yourself, it's going to be like a totally shitty day for you. And then there's that one goal and you're like, there's one guy and you're like, this guy looks like the one that I'm going to guard because he does not look like the part. Yeah, then the ball, this is, like, then the, oh, this is, this is, this guy's more my skill level. Yeah. This guy's more, <laughs> more me. And then the ball's tipped and then you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, this is the guy that is the best player out here. And he just looks like he isn't the best player out there. And that's Tim. And like I said, no slight on him. Nope. Um, it, it, if he turns up at a soccer game, you think the exact same way. And I truly believe that he thrives off of it. Um, cu- you know, you mentioned coming to Minnesota as a freshman at Carleton. Um, it, 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 his, his mental fortitude, his smarts is what brought him here and took him across the country. But it's what he did on the field that really sets him apart. I mean, he lit up the Mayak from the jump and, and didn't stop until actually school took him away from us as he retired from competitive soccer. Um, and then he is attending grad school out West. So oh, is that the plan? For, yeah, that's, that's what he's doing right now. Ooh. 
as for his career with City, it, it was a bit all over the place because he didn't feature much to start, um, got some spot time here and there until the past two seasons when he was, you know, on the field and present for a ton of really crucial moments. That that game winner you mentioned at Med City was one of them. And I really think he was a, a very crucial part of our back-to-back title-winning seasons. Um, I, I believe his true coming-out party was that 2016 U.S. Open Cup game where he logged 110 minutes of wreaking havoc between both central defenders for Oakland um, and only to do what he did best. You know, the little things, the dirty things, the – the hardworking things to bait a center back to track him into a pocket of space where he beat the guy and flicked the ball into Whitney Brown to score the games for the, the game's first goal. Yep. And, and from, and from that point, he could be counted on to be the rock up front, whether it was in that central striker role, um, scoring, scoring some goals at the, the sneaky 10 that you mentioned, um, or he was setting up his teammates, as you mentioned. And, and I really feel that he will be one of the players on this list that that is going to be very hard to replace because the things he did are things that you you can't teach or you can't train for. It's just, he just knew where to be, when to be there, what to do with it. Um, Super clean on the ball and, and just really hard to replace. So John keen eyed fans are, would have read between the lines when that legends club was announced, right? Uh, But this is, like you said, a very interesting way and I think a really nice way to soften the blow on maybe some news that these players are not going to be returning to the club for 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was one of those things like, oh, oh, that's it for Tim and Wexy. Like I knew that Martin was done because I've been kind of chatting with him, like you said. Like I got the feeling that like, "Mm, that's about it. But like, "Mm, Wexy's not coming back. Tim's not coming back. That sucks. Obviously, Goose isn't coming back. Um I'm curious. I hopefully the hopefully in the future the team will be a little more <laughs> a little more timely or not timely I should say like a little sensitive to how they how they announce this right like you kind of want to know first that players aren't coming back before you're like yeah they're legends. Well, right, yeah, we 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 <laughs> we didn't uh, you know. <laughs> we didn't just throw this out into the ether. We had some ideas around these guys not being able to come back. Sure. Beforehand. Yeah. Uh, what are the official Royal duties of players who get inducted into the uh, Minneapolis city legends club, John? It's or still it basically come and hang out with us in the booth. I mean, part of part... your mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't know how to take that one, but um, uh, no, I mean, we're still trying to iron out what the official capacity is for being part of legends club beyond the title mm-hmm. of, of being part of it. Um, we we've tossed around the idea of it, of there being um, a formalized um, thing at a halftime of a home game, um, a legends club dinner that we would have with the, um, the three founders and the coaching staff um, with the players for the inducting class, but also coming back into the fray whenever we have that dinner in the future. So in the class of 20, 30 would uh would definitely be able to to break bread as you guess i guess you could say nate with with the 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 legends from the first class so i'd say that still trying to figure figure that out um but the first step was finding out who the fans wanted to induct into our first legends club nice well it's hard to believe john it's only january and we're going to talk about how our trials are almost over but this week brings the end of the invite trials and really it's at the end of uh 
the end of the month really ushers in the final open trial of the season. So coming up here at the end of January, tell us a bit about how things have been going. We've been having, I feel like every time we get together, we talk trial, 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 but we only really get together like once every other week now because of the holidays. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how have things been going on the trial front? Well, Nate, fantastic question. Um, it's been an awesome winter camp for the guys we brought in after hours of scouting that we went through to identify them. So the, the level has been extremely high. Um, I, I think maybe higher than it's been in the past. There's just there's just a glut of quality players that we can we can pick from, and and there there you know are some really tough decisions to be made in the in the next coming weeks as we look to finalize finalize our roster because we have a little something called an open cup game in March, so we really got to start training for that. Um, but you know we we've tipped our cap a little bit with announcing some of the legends on some of the players that we need to replace uh, but there's honestly three to four players at each of the positions of need that we have that range from division 1 players down to division 3 players some guys that have come to us with previous MPSL or UPSL experience already um, and as of right now you could really take the top 15 of the of the guys we've had out of the some you know, 50 plus guys that we've had out and, and you could really put them in either of the divisions, MPSL or UPSL that we have teams competing in this summer. And they could really compete for a conference title with just those, those trialists. So there, there'll be some guys that are obviously disappointed that they're not going to be selected. And it's not because they're not good enough. It's just really because we don't have anywhere for these guys to play, um, you know, but if those players understand the setting and, and, and the reasoning why that they're not selected and, and we keep them on our radar, we're, we're definitely set up for a, a bright future with this club, with the, the younger players that we're seeing come in. Uh, it's cool to hear. Like we've got so many, so much talent locally that could fill a team or two uh, mm-hmm. of players. Um, like we said, is it really, is it kind of hashing out that, you know, even like when we were talking to Ryan, like even though it's not officially the U23 team anymore, like are you finding that a n- more number of a, a number of younger guys are coming out to trials than you would expect? And so there's it's kind of going to be easier to fill as a uh, quote U23 team or is it is it kind of like are we finding veterans kind of crawling out of the woodwork that that we were surprised about? I guess you wouldn't I, be surprised because they were all invite, but still, you know what I mean? Well, I think both, Nate. I mean, I think it's a it's a healthy mix of some guys with some veteran experience, but mm-hmm. also we're never not going to have younger players to look at. It's really just finding the right ones yeah. that fit our, our club profile and can fit, fit the need of the coaching staff. So, like, my whole responsibility is to bring these guys in to allow the coaches to select from them. And unfortunately we just don't have a spot for all of them. And I, I really wish we could, but you know, we've talked about the, the Aiden O'Driscoll's of the world that we've had in for trials that didn't make the team right away. It's just really getting across those guys that whether it be sticking under the umbrella with a Stegman's type option for a summer um, or it be going somewhere else to play and coming back to play with us um, that we, we'd love to have them, but it's a no for now kind of scenario speaking of club style is there a minneapolis city style of play at this point i know like you came up watching manchester united i uh you know i started watching arsenal when when banger was kind of on on his last legs and finally finally worked out but you could tell watching arsenal in 2014 what arsenal soccer was supposed to be 
you can tell back in the day what Manchester United soccer is supposed to be uh, when Ferguson was there. Like, is there a Minneapolis City style of soccer that we are now looking to play and find players to fit that style? I think it's more, I think, yes. Uh, it definitely goes down to the coach, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think Matt plays a different style than Adam did. Um, very similar style, but in some aspects, very different. But I think it, it really leans on a player profile of the type of individual we want to have in the club. Okay. And then the style of play will shake itself out with having like-minded individuals together. Nice. And and guys that have a, the commitment level to be part of this versus saying – our target strikers need to look like this and our center backs need to look like this. It's, it's not really like that. Yeah. It's not um, about fitting the job. It's about uh, if you are the right kind of guy. We'll find a job for you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess the answer to your question is no, I don't no. think there is a defined style or system of play that we have. I mean, in some aspects, yes, but in other aspects, no. It's very non Bizworm of you. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John, you mentioned that there is uh, going to be some open trial here coming up at the end of the month. What do you got for us? Well, it's going to be our typical open trial. Um, I guess you can call it our street free agent type trial. Um, we have two every year and, um, you know, we've taken players from all of them. So we're looking to fill that trial up. So if you go to MPLSCDSC.com, you can, uh, you can sign up for the trial today. All right. Street players. If you're freaking the streets, <laughs> sign up. That's the end of the show tonight. It's been a good... Wow, we've had a long show tonight because we haven't talked in a while. I know. Thanks, as always, to the show's sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. It's going to be snowing all weekend. It's the best time to lock yourself into your house and drink a case of Summit Winter Ale. Uh, Get some at your local liquor store or snowshoe to your watering hole today. Summit, it's a more meaningful brew since 1986. If you're into giving back to the community, it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is, I will remind you, a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this offseason hosting play events in partnership with community centers around the city. And please consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. Hey, it's never a bad time to become a Minneapolis City member. You gotta do it for less than the price of two full gas tanks. $65. (laughs) Is that really? The gas might have gone down. $65 allows you to support the club and get some cool stuff in return. Uh, You get, of course, your membership scarf. You get a membership card that's going to get you all sorts of deals. 10% off at the club shop. Deals on Summit at our official game day bar, Palmer's. Plus, you're going to get that vote on important club matters. Uh, They're all such as membership board matters, choosing scarf, choosing kit designs. It's all been good. Oh my God, I'm so excited to see these kits on the field. Visit mplscitysc.com and make it happen. Get in on the action. Hey, uh, if you have anything you want us to cover in the off season, make sure you, you get at us. If you have any hard-hitting exposés that you've been hoping we undertake, let us know. Send us mail. It's so easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email at mcsc podcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, hit that club up at MPLSCSC on Twitter, the hottest Twitter game in amateur soccer. And that's all for this week. I have been Nate. That has been John. Hey, until next time. You got huffed.
That was a loud one. <laughs> I don't know. I, th I thought I would uh, go beyond the whisper today. <laughs> Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor leagues. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I